0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. With Tottenham Hotspur touring the States, it was only right we caught up with the original US-based podcast dedicated solely to Tottenham Hotspur over at Hotspur America as we discuss Spurs' tour in America, our lack of transfer activity so far. As last word on Spurs comes together with Hotspur America in a suburb collaboration special. I if he's sharing it! The Bermotard! First block to Spillane! Man Defoe all the way! It
1: can't only be!
2: Sammy Chuddle. Danny Rose on his Premier League debut! And it's Gareth Wales Knight once again! Stoppage time! Alan Nielsen has scored! Gracias. No.
0: Hello guys, and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. As you, of course, should be aware by now, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are, of course, on Twitter at LastWordOnSpurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On the show, as mentioned in the headline, we're going to be discussing Spurs' pre-season tour over in the US with a couple of the chaps from the Hotspur America pod. Just want to make you guys aware that as of last week, the last one on Spurs will now be featuring weekly on Love Sport Radio. That's right, featuring weekly on Love Sport Radio. You can get in touch with the show by calling us live on air on... 0208 7020558. 0208 7020558 That's 02087020558 and obviously this will be based in the UK so if you want to call us overseas just stick plus four four in front of there to so listen to the show you can do that by going on the general radio of five five eight AM or digital radio again five five eight AM or or digital radio, or you can head straight to Love Sport Radio's direct website, where you can either listen via the website or on the app. The plan will be for the last one on Spurs to be airing on Love Sport Radio on a Tuesday of a week. That's right, a Tuesday of a week on a weekly basis, depending on when Spurs play. So therefore, if Tottenham do play on a Tuesday night, naturally the show will most likely revert to the Wednesday. So guys, keep an eye on our Twitter feed, on our Facebook feed to hear when we'll be appearing on Love Sport Radio and by all means we look forward to speaking to you guys on there. Let me introduce the guys talking us through the next hour as always with me I've got Jason McGovern. Jace how you keeping?
2: Not too bad mate, not too bad.
0: Good to hear, good to hear and joining Jason today pleased to say we've got the guys over at Hotspur America. First up we've got Tim. Tim how are you?
1: I'm doing good. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks for having me on.
0: No problem at all, Tim. Looking forward to the next hour. And joining Tim, a regular voice that you guys will have known if you listen to the last one on Spurs fairly often, and of course part of the Hotspur America team, we've got Vas Coney. Vas, how are you?
3: Yeah, all good, thanks, uh, Ricky. Good to be with you fellas once again.
0: Good, good. Tim, Vas, enjoying the summer so far? We'll start with you, Vas. Um... Summer was
3: great. World Cup was good. Thoroughly enjoyable, I thought. Um, but no sooner did uh, Hugo lift uh, the World Cup trophy aloft. Five minutes later, Spurs fans bemoaning the lack of uh, transfer activity. So we're in that um, part of it at the moment, which is not so enjoyable.
0: <laughs> mm. But can you understand it, Tim, from your perspective, the lack of activity so far being a bit of frustration for Spurs fans?
1: Oh, definitely. I can understand it being a huge frustration and You know, just generally, do I understand it? No, I mean, I did not expect this after those post-lustre comments. I was expecting a completely different summer, and I'm just surprised with the lack of activity at this point with, what, 11 days left.
0: Mm. Jace, we can't hide it. I think we're also a little bit surprised by the lack of activity so far with 11 days of the window still to go, and we're recording here.
2: I think we probably would have expected something to have happened by now and um <clears throat> certainly if the club wanted greenish that's the type of deal you'd have thought surely they could have, have got that sorted out by now you know we've seen each a free run at that there's there's no real problems there so i'm, I'm a little bit surprised but but that's the way and, and you just have to you just have to deal with the situation as it is not as we wish it to be that's that's the unfortunate thing
0: Mm. Well, let's talk, guys. let's talk about Spurs' pre-season so far of the US Tour That's why we've got Vass and Tim here Over from the Hotspur America pod um, So we're coming back to you guys With Tottenham playing two games out of the three so far Scheduled on the Tour of the US We've seen a young Spurs side beat Roma 4-1 And our follow-up game saw us come back Only yesterday against Barcelona A 2-2 draw which finished on penalties in a defeat Vash, you said you watched the first one. What have you made of Spurs over in the US so far on this preseason tour?
3: It's really hard to judge these games uh, in all fairness, and it's only right that we put that out there as a as a first off. Um, the teams really are just looking for for match fitness. We've got some quite high high profile opposition, but with a lot of the squad still away after the. World Cup exploits. Uh, it's a very odd looking kind of lineup that we're fielding. Um, I think in the first game we played um, Carter Vickers and Ben Davis as a central defending pairing. Uh, Luke Amos has um, played central midfield in both the games actually. So it's good that some of the youngsters get a, a run around, but these friendlies really are uh, not very um, a clear insight into what's going to come uh, when the season starts so it's a bit of a difficult one but the teams have performed well I think Lucas Mora had a good game against uh, Roma which and uh, Lamella played quite well in the first half whilst Ericsson was on, on the field as well but I think he tired and flayed in the second half there were some good signs uh, but really it's just about minutes now getting certain players minutes
0: yeah, I agree with that one. I mean, Tim, let's bring it round to you. As Vass said there, Lucas Moore, a Lucas Moura double for him. Fernando Loriente also netting a brace. As Tottenham begun the tour with a four one victory over last season's Champions League semi finalists in Roma. Again, like Vass is difficult to judge, isn't it? The team at the moment, due to the, the team opposition we're facing.
1: Yeah, it is difficult to judge, and you know, when I'm watching these preseason games, I'm not really looking for the overall win, I'm trying to look at specific players, see if they're making an improvement from the year before, if there's any new tactics we're doing. I think you know the one takeaway you can do from this preseason tour is these short corners. I think they're here to stay, whether we like them or not. Over half of our corners are being taken as their short corners, so it looks like that's something they're working with. I think that's one takeaway you can get from this U.S. tour is that we're going to be doing that a lot this season, more so than the last year. But as far as specific players, I mean, the two I look at is Lucas and Cameron Carter Vickers, and they're complete polar opposites. You know, Lucas looks like he can make a huge impact this season. He's embodying everything, you know, our club stands for with flair and going for it, you know, chasing glory. I think he's going to really come into his own this next season after having the full preseason under Pochettino. But Cameron Carter Vickers, I mean, he looks nowhere close to being ready Both goals, you can say he's been at fault. You know, The first one last night against Barcelona, he just let his man completely open behind him, didn't track him. It's just a lack of awareness, poor positioning, and that's something that I don't think he's going to pick up before the start of the season. So I don't know if we're looking at another loan for him, but it would look like he'd be a huge liability if we're relying on him as a backup, especially if we sell Toby and don't bring anyone else in.
0: It's interesting you say that, Tim, because I thought he didn't play too bad against Barcelona uh, the other evening. He seemed to me he looked like he was better positionally um, in terms of where I've seen him previously. But again, I, I have to be honest with you, I, I don't think he's anywhere near the first team squad at this very moment in time. So it'll be interesting to see between now and the deadline whether Spurs will again look to give the player a loan. Jase, let's bring you in. What do you make of Cameron carter his long-term future and also Spurs' first game against Roma in the US Tour? It certainly
2: was a a poor goal that he was at full for last night as Tim said, just losing his man who had a <coughs> had a simple tap in. And you you would you have kind of high hopes for Carter Vickers because, because we have this homegrown problem in the squad that if you've got a few players that we think are ready for first team duty that are home then then you know, you want that to come through. And so there's there's a position where we're short at centre half if Toby goes. There's a homegrown player that would help that quota, but he doesn't look anywhere near ready, so that, that's a massive disappointment and and I just think the overriding thing from the tour is, it's actually a really disappointing tour so far because the main purpose of the tour is to get as many players ready and, and to be in a, the best possible state going into that first game and the club can't help that you've got nine players missing, we've got no new signings out there bedding in and then, you know, we've now got injuries, Winks is still injured, Onamar another homegrown player that you thought, he, there's your chance to be in central midfield. He's not gone there. And you've now got Sissoko, whether people like him or not, hobbling around. You've got Wanyama having been sent home. And you're looking and thinking, you know, what possible state are we going to be in going into that first game? So, you know, the results are irrelevant, but it's certainly a worry that we're, we we seem to be dropping like flies of some of the senior players that are fit as well. Lamela missed today through a, through a slight injury as well, didn't he? So... You know, the, the minutes for people that you wanted to get, particularly with those nine players not back, the players you wanted the minutes to go to aren't even getting those minutes out there at the moment. So it, it's definitely a worry, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and including that, Jace, Oakley, Booth, and Kaziah Selling also having yeah. minor knocks. We've lost Juan Foyth, who's obviously had to go home early as well. And like you said there, Jace, it's not ideal, is it? I mean, the preseason, you wanted to give these kind of players minutes to see just how far away they are from the squad. And Pochettino has not been able to do that.
2: Exactly, I mean, you get the feeling that we'll be taking on Newcastle with Mkudu as captain next. (laughs) It's quite a scary thought, isn't it, particularly now he scored his goal, but, um, you know, it is a worry that uh, so many of the, you know, even those fringe players, Mm. the ones that we we saw Oakley Booth get a debut, even if it was only five minutes last season, and Carter Pickers had his two years ago, and and you're right, because they sterlings, but... None of those are being able to get that time under their belt out there as well, so it's a it's a big worry, that's for sure.
0: Mm, it is. I mean, let me bring it back round to you, Vass. Judging by the performance from that opening game against Roma, I mean, Lorente, you would say Mora, Lamella, Aura. I mean, the competition for places, Vass, it is starting to heat up nicely. There was good outings for the youngsters too, and Amos seemed to be a player that was impressive. What did you make of his performance, Vass?
3: I like Luke Amos. I saw him in the preseason a couple of seasons back, and. Um, I was I was impressed with him. Um of course he was two years younger then and he's yeah. been out on loans since, etc. So yeah, I, I like the look of Amos. He seems to be progressing well. But the youngsters are getting run outs. I mean uh Georgiou got a run out last night as well. He missed a penalty in the in in, in the shootout and um we got some family interest uh, in Georgiou, so it'd be nice to see him do well. But um and uh, and he attacks with some pace. So it's good for the youngsters to get the run-outs. But I think the concerning thing is, as Jace uh, alluded to as well, the the injuries and the lack of bodies in central midfield. I'm really concerned about Wanyama now. Uh, course, seems yeah. to be the same knee that bothered him last season. Uh, Harry Winks is still working on his fitness. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, like him or loathe him, so Soko's now got a knock. And it just seems to be um, all going a bit pear-shaped uh, in there at the moment.
0: Let me ask you, Vash, a question in from the Angry Mop at the Angry Mop, who says, given the news that Wanyama has gone back to London, are we now in the situ- same situation as we are with him with Dembele? They won't be able to last a full season. Same injury as the same time last year. Are the rigours of Potty's pre-season just too much for him? Midfield looking thin.
3: Well, it's hard to say whether it's the rigours of pre-season that are causing it. Um, We had issues with Wang last season, didn't we, with this injury? And it could be argued that perhaps we're not nursing the injuries properly. Because we've had players uh, break down with um, recurrence of old injuries before. So I don't really know what's going on there. But it certainly is a concern because when you think back to two seasons ago when Yama was effectively our player of the season, mm, yeah. um, last season he he barely figured. And if we can't rely on him this season either, then we're going to have a serious problem in that central midfield area. I know we've got Dyer to come in and we can mix things around. But, yeah, you're right. Dembele isn't going to be playing every game. Seems like Wanyama isn't going to be playing in every game. So, squad death comes back into, uh, into the fold.
0: Mm, I mean, it's almost going to intensify, Tim, isn't it? Coming around to you, the fact of the need to get top and this central midfielder before the window closes. Now, when you look at this midfield injury crisis at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, even before the injuries, you know, part of the transfer window, everyone had highlighted that as a position we need to improve just because you can't rely on Dembele through a whole season. Now you add these on top of it, it's definitely going to intensify. And I... I'm afraid to go on Twitter. It's going to get frantic over these next couple of days if we don't bring in a central defensive midfielder. I, it's going to be scary during the season because it's it's shown over the past year, these players, they're going they're recurring injuries. So, I mean, who are we going to rely on if we don't bring anyone else in? I don't think Luke Amos, yes, he showed some promise against Roma, but I don't think he's anywhere near the level we would need to rely on him in the Premier League.
2: Well, I think with, with Amos, it is it, way too early. I mean, he, he had a really good popular loan spell at Stevenage last year. But it's it's a big gap from Stevenage to not just the Premier League, but to be in a, a top four side and playing Champions League games. And, you know, however well he does on this tour, Georgiou actually had a really good tour, didn't he, 12 months ago out yep. there. He was the, the eye-catching youngster. And yet, you know, there was no breakthrough from him because obviously the club, it's not necessarily a criticism of Georgie, but if, obviously the club didn't feel he was ready day to day. Edwards had a, had a really good cameo appearance. He's down in Australia. Was that two years ago? You know, and he hasn't progressed yet. So, you know, just because Amos has looked good in one or two games, it, it doesn't say that he's ready for the for the rigours of the Premier League, that's for sure.
3: With with the youngsters, it's, it's great that they're getting minutes. But as Jace and also... And as Jace and also Tim have said, they look to be a fair step away from the first team. And if year on year we are adding to the squad, whether early or late in the transfer (laughs) window, um, it just means that it becomes even harder for these guys to break into the uh, first team squad. They're going to have to be pretty exceptional to do
0: that. Mm. I mean, Jace, questioning from Pelly Alley, and it's similar to what we just spoke about here. He says... Is there any players then in our reserve side that you could see breaking through into the first team in the future? A skip or an Amos, perhaps?
2: Well, and they may well break through, but it, it looks highly unlikely that they'll they'll break through really early. on. I mean, you know, how long has it taken Carl Walker Peters to to break through? And you, you look at it last year; he had he made his debut on his first game, and he didn't then play in the, the Premier League until the last day of the season. So, and you'd think he's probably closer to that list than than the likes of Luke Amos and, and Oliver Skippar. So, you know, probably an, an Oakley booth, I think he had a debut, didn't he, against Barnsley for five minutes last year and, and wasn't really seen in and around the, the first team Premier League squad. So that shows you how much work they've got to do. And for the Amoses and the Skips, they've first of all got to get get a, a substitute appearance in the, in the Carabao Cup before you can even think about them as Premier League players. And... And until that, that's that's got to be the first stage for them, hasn't it? The same with Sterling. I mean, I don't think Sterling hasn't started a game, has he? For the first team, no. no I think he on came that, on, didn't he? Towards the end he of the came season, on, didn't he? In that Champions League game. So, so there you go. None of them have actually even started a Carling Cup or a Carabao Cup game, as it is. So, if they're not starting a Carabao Cup games, they're certainly not ready for the Premier League.
0: Mm. Well, one player that is starting to break through, and we've seen it already in this pre-season, is Lucas Moura. We had a chat about him at the start of this show. I mean, let's go round to you, Vass. For me, it's brilliant to see this guy grabbing his opportunity to shine so early in this pre-season. I mean, let's not get away from it. We did see glimpses last season of what he was all about. And no doubt, surely, Vass now with the period to settle in, adapt to the Premier League, understand Pochettino's training methods, what he wants from him, it could be a massive, massive season for this guy.
3: Well, it is, and his emergence is um, coming at the right time. Uh, when you consider that Hume Min Son is only going to be available for the first couple of games before he jets off to play for South Korea in the Asian Games, then that's one regular squad member down, and it's another open door for Mura to, to, to play a few games until Sonny gets back. So it's timely. It gives Pochettino another option. Uh, when you're looking at the players are playing behind Harry Kane. So, yes, that's um, a signing that was made because the timing was right. And um, given that he's had a full pre-season under Pochettino, then we can hopefully expect some good things from him.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, let's bring it around to you, Tim Lucas-Mora. What's your thoughts on him? Because as we've said, he's had the period, out to settle in. It's now going to be some expectations on him this season to really hopefully hit the ground running in a Tottenham shirt.
1: You know, I hate using the cliche that it's going to be like a new signing because it sounds like I'm making an <laughs> excuse for the lack of transfer activity. They won't have it activity. on here, team. They won't have it on here, our listeners. <laughs> well, no, no. And there is no excuse to be no, made. I do not want to make that excuse. Mm. But we didn't see much from him last year because he didn't have time to bet in. He made six appearances. So it is going to be something different that we didn't really get to see last season. I think he could make a huge impact on the squad. I mean, just seeing him out there, he seems so comfortable now. Just playing with that flair, little flicks, back heel passes, putting on some nutmegs. He gets closed down by four players, and you see him just scored out of there with the ball and is running off down the field. He's got the pace. I mean, I think we, I'm expecting big things from him this season. And you know, Poch said it when we signed him last January. It was we were looking more towards him making an impact this upcoming season. More so than making any impact last year, so I'm really excited for the prospect of what he has to offer this upcoming season. I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. I think he could, I don't know, huge player for this year. Definitely pick up some points for us throughout the season.
0: Mm. I, I think he also gets forgotten that at the time of Spurs going in for the play. You know, Man United were lurking around him, so he certainly was being, you know pursued by other clubs, other big clubs. So, fingers crossed, we are going to see the best of him this season coming. I mean, he even said himself recently in quotes through the Daily Mail that he was sad to leave his brother Neymar, but Spurs are bigger than PSG and he's come to Tottenham Hotspur to make history. I mean, lovely words, Jace to hear. Just how much of those more to uh, bide in some time with the Spurs fans, do you think?
2: <laughs> They'll go down well with, with the... Uh the gullible ones, but, uh, you know, like always actions speak louder than words, mate. But, um, he, he certainly impressed in that, the, the glimpses of him in that Roma game. I, I loved these, I actually loved his first goal because, you know, we noticed it last year, just what, what kind of spring and how many headers he was winning. And, and that was a real striker's finish the first one. Was it the way he cut across mm. the, cut across the center half and, and, leapt up and put it in the bottom corner. So, you know, that's, that's certainly something that Sonny doesn't do. um, he scored his head, so that, that, that's certainly something different, and I think, you know, it's strange, when you go back to last January, he's, he's kind of the forgotten man, because if you go back to last January, before we signed him, and everyone was saying, we need one more attacking option, somebody with pace who can score, so we, we bring him in, and yet people are still saying we need one more attacking player who can score, and with pace, and, and an extra option, and you think, don't, don't people realise we've signed this player? So it's because we didn't say last January we need two of them. It was only we need one of them, and we brought one of them in. So, um, you know, it, it's a strange one, that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's. we always said it's this is the season where he has to start delivering and show that he's bedded in, and I, I think there's big hopes for him this year. Maybe, I still think he might be one of those infuriatingly uh, inconsistent players that's going to be absolutely brilliant one week, and then he'll have an absolute nightmare type of game at Watford, and then he'll be brilliant when we go to the Emirates and then he'll be really poor again at Brighton or something like that. But, um, you know, there's certainly big hopes for him, that's for sure.
0: Surely, Jason, if he turns out against Arsenal, you're forgiving me he doesn't play the same against Brighton, will you? <laughs> <laughs> but
2: it depends, doesn't it? Because if we're 2-0 down at Brighton, I might be fuming. Well,
0: there is that point. But it, do you know what amazes me, coming around to Uvas? You know, for a guy that's not the tallest, I think he's five foot seven, five seven, foot eight, maybe at the most, he does win so many headers, doesn't he, in the air?
3: Yeah, I just think he he, he reads the game well, uh, body position is key, and uh, he's got a bit of a leap on him, so yeah, if, if that's uh, a strength of his, he's going to utilise it to our advantage, hopefully.
0: Mm. Can I ask you, Vass, your opinion on Serge Aurier, because it was a big summer for him this one, because Trippi has obviously been away on holiday now because of his exploits in the World Cup. Charles for. Aurea to really come in, hit the ground running. He said that you know he was going to use his opportunities in the pre-season to really show Pochettino what he's all about. And hopefully nail down a first-team spot over Trippier. I mean, let's not get about it. When we first brought Aurea in, all of us Spurs fans were assuming this guy is going to be you know the regular first-team right-back for Spurs going forward. And it hasn't happened for him. We saw last season he was rash at times. Do you think with have uh, Pre-season under his belt, the second season syndrome under potatino We might have a different player this time round, Vass, this coming season?
3: I think so, and I obviously hope so too. Um, clearly, everyone's opinion of Kirian Trippier has is, is sort of gone through the roof now after, <laughs> after the it, World yeah. Cup, uh, which is understandable. So, Orion knows he needs to up his game if he's going to um, beat out Trippier for the right-back slot. So I'm hoping we will see a better player uh, this season. He, I saw him in the friendly against Roma. He seemed to have a good game. Uh, one or two wayward passes still. Uh, after he did some good work, he, he sort of give the ball away. But um, he, he seemed to have a good game. So, But, you know, friendlies, as we said earlier. We'll, we'll see what, what happens. Um, he does have a, a good understanding with Sissoko, I've got to be honest, mm. on that right side. Is so, that a worry? Uh, yeah. Do you remember well, understanding with someone else? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. As long as the team wins, mate, I'm that's not true. overly fussed who, yeah. who, who plays. But um, yeah, so I think uh, I think we'll see better things from Aurier this season. Perhaps it's also given him some time to just shake off what went on last season and just regroup and, and go again. And maybe Pochettino's worked on him a little bit in the uh, close season. So hopefully that's all for the for the betterment of him and the team.
0: We're going to cover the Barcelona game shortly, where apparently he wasn't as impressive as he was against the Roma um, side, which we ran out 4-1 winners against. Tim, on Oriar, you know, I've always been of the opinion that under Pochettino, when you see the way he's worked with the likes of Rose, Walker, Trippier, Davis, they've always come better with the, well should I say, they've always seemed to improve under a second season with Pochettino. Do you think Oria could once again maybe fall into that category where, because he's had that, as I've said, extra preseason to work with Pochettino, he's had the opportunity to work with him individually one-to-one. Could we see the breakthrough of Serge this coming season, do you reckon, Tim?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would certainly hope so. you got to remember last year we signed him, I think it was the last day of August. Mm, so, yeah, it was. it's in the middle of the season. He doesn't have any preseason, And I think it's... And a bigger benefit for him this preseason with Trippier being gone, that he can get more one on one work with Pochettino and the other coaching staff. So I think he's has more of an opportunity to kind of build into this philosophy and learn rather than just going out there. Cause I mean, the thing with him is it's just rash mistakes, uh tackling the box, playing around with it in our own third like he did. Against Roma, you saw it first couple of minutes. He's the one who gave up the ball that led to their goal. So yes. it's just that one off mistake that you got to get out of it. And hopefully, the more comfortable he gets with the squad and with the philosophy, that can kind of get out of his game.
0: What about you, Jace? Have you got more time for Surge? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think like, like the, you, hope,
0: you hope that they will get the benefits of a,
2: and a Potatino a bit of coaching, but. Um, It's hope, not expectation for me. I fear that uh, the the downsides to his game are just in his game. And and no matter how much work, they're they're always going to surface. But, you know, it's it's a case of fingers crossed, that's for sure.
0: Didn't we say about Danny, though, Jase, when we talked about his game, when he was breaking through, we seemed to say exactly the same things about Rose at times, that he had that rashness in him. You know, I remember giving away a couple of penalties in the early stages of his career, where he was under Redknapp being managed. I seem to think we had said the same things, Jase, didn't we? Yeah, well,
2: I think Rose was, in fairness, Rose was a little bit younger. and I don't think he was as arrogant or had the, maybe arrogance not the word, but maybe he didn't have the self-confidence of a night. I mean, I, you know, from that moment, remember that very first time we saw Aurea when, was that Dortmund, wasn't it, that Champions League night? And mm. remember that ball into the box and he dummied a header?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah I don't think Danny Rose would have even attempted, I don't think Danny Rose would attempt attempted
0: <laughs> now, let alone,
2: or me, or anyone and, and that's what I mean by that that self-confidence or arrogance I, th- I think sometimes he thinks he's this absolutely fantastic footballer and you think you know sometimes you have got to do the simple things first and I think that's with Oreo, you're never going to get that but you know we definitely need him to be a lot more improved and a lot better coached and hopefully he'll take all of it on board but as I say I hope rather than I expect it to be the case
0: Interesting to see when Trippier does come back because I don't think, Jace, there'll be many games for Trippier to feature him before the start of the league season, will there? I imagine it's going to no. be pretty much thrown straight in if he does play. No,
2: no, you know, you would feel that probably Oria will certainly start that, that first game at Newcastle. And, you know, Oria's done a lot of talking as well, hasn't he? He's, he's kind of laid down the gauntlet to mm. Trippier, he noticed how good he was in the World Cup, and he's you know, he more or less said, you know, I'll I'll get the chance with the shirt first and it'll be up to him to win the shirt off of me. So, you know, again, the talking's good and the sentiments and the words that you want to hear from a player. But, you know, you've got to back that up with performances and and fingers crossed he does.
0: Vass, let me come around to you then. So, Pochettino isn't giving Fernando Loriente any assurances about his long-term future. Uh, But he says the striker does have the chance to impress in the US. Do you think in any possible way, Vast, that the two goals in that opening game against Roma changes Pochettino's thinking at all on the player's future?
3: I don't think so. I think once um, Pochettino has uh, had long enough to look at you and he's, he's made his mind up, then I don't know. What can change? Apparently, Lorente's lost weight and he's looking leaner and fitter, which may help his cause. But as good as he was in the first game against Roma, uh, I've heard he wasn't too great in the second game against Barca. I don't, I'm not even sure if he played or what. I haven't seen anything yet, to be honest. I think, but, he came um, on. I think he must have came did on. He?
0: I believe so. Yeah.
3: Right. Okay. Um, it's a strange one. I think Lorente's fate really rests in what we do in the last few days of the transfer window.
0: Mm.
3: If we do get anybody... I mean, it's hard to be looking for strikers that are going to come and play back up to Harry Kane. It's such a quandary. It's always uh, been the, the problem, place,
0: hasn't it? It's always been the problem. It has. This
3: one. it has. I mean, if you're a Chelsea or a Man City or someone, then you can pay a, a top-notch player, bucket loads of cash, and they might be happy to sit on the bench. But I, I don't think uh, is the type to want to buy somebody who's going to be happy to sit on the bench anyway. Uh, and we're not going to pay that kind of money to have have a, a good quality striker uh, play second fiddle to Kane. So it's it's always a tough one. So it really does depend if we bring anyone uh, in 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 the last few days of the season as to whether Lorente stays or goes.
0: Okay, Tim. Let me ask you: Would you be surprised if Lorente was here based on last season and his contribution to the Tottenham team?
1: No, I wouldn't be surprised if he's here because I'm not really too hopeful that we're going to go out and sign anyone for a lot of the reasons Vass just mentioned. Who really wants to come here to just sit behind Harry? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I would think, you know, the Barcelona game, he did show a lot in the Roma game, but he regressed for the Barcelona game. And it wasn't until he was subbed out later in the match that our attack kind of sparked back to life. And that's when after he went out, we scored those two goals. So... I don't know if it's just, you know, playing those games because he put in a lot of minutes against Roma. He starts against Barcelona. He is up there in age. Is his fitness not there? Was he tired against Barcelona? It was a definite regression in his performance.
0: Mm, I mean, it's interesting you say that about regression. Let me ask you, James, because you'd argue that when we first signed him, I think it was quite a bit of, I wouldn't say excitement, but there was a kind of satisfactory kind of thinking that this guy would come in and he would be the perfect alternative to Harry Kane. It hasn't worked out, and people may argue that he's now at the back back end of his career and he's starting to regress, like Tim has just mentioned there. Where do you stand on Fernando Loriente? and would you be upset if the window shuts tomorrow and he's still here, and we haven't looked for an alternative player for that second striker role?
2: Well, I think if if we we think back to the, the season that we've just had, you know, whether he came in or not, as the season went on, he wasn't really part of the squad, was he? And that, that time when Kane was injured, we found different ways to, to play without Kane that, that used Sonny and Lamella, Lucas Moura's now in the, the, the thing. So I think Pochettino would still sit there and say, if I don't have Kane for so many games, I don't think Laurentiis is number one option even now. So I don't think two goals against Roma is going to change that. I think the only reason Lorente will be in the squad, I'm sure Pochettino will take an opportunity to, to, to move on from him. He may not even replace him. He may well, as I say, go with, with the players that we've got and, and use Son Lamella and such. But I think the, the one problem we've got is who's going to take Lorente? And I think, you know, if Lorente's in the, the squad come day one of the season, it's purely because we haven't found somebody to take him rather than it's a case of we didn't want to sell him.
0: Mm. be interesting to see what happens in the closing days of the window with Fernando Loriente, and yeah I mean, another one where we're just not too sure what's going to happen with his future let's bring Barcelona then into the chat so they beat us on a 5-3 shootout in our second game in the States it saw Spurs come back from 2-0 down to draw the game 2-2 in normal time but I mean starting with you Vass. I mean the injuries as Jace has mentioned they are mounting up obviously we lost to Soko in that game Um like we said, also, we've lost Lamella, Oakley-Boove, Foyth's had to go home. God, it's like casualty at the moment, Vass, isn't it?
3: It is. It's terrible. <laughs> um, actually, you've just mentioned uh, Juan Foyth, which, you know, with all this uh, stuff going on with Toby, etc., I really would have liked to have seen Foyth in mm. this pre-season um, because he had some good cameos last year, I thought, anyway.
0: Towards the end, yeah I agree? Um,
3: yeah, and I think there's a player in there So it's a shame that we're not seeing him uh, in pre-season, sadly uh, But yeah, it's like walking wounded at the moment uh, It's just... Uh, I just hope this, they're like minor injuries And nothing mm. that's going to keep the players out for, for any prolonged period of time Because if they are bad injuries, then we could be in a bit of a
0: pickle yeah, I mean, the Barcelona game itself, Vass, I mean, I think it was being seen as much more enjoyable second half than the first after Barcelona made a host of changes um, at half-time. Can we take anything out of that game? Again, penalty shootout, it's, you'd say, a lottery. But good character from the side to come back? Sonny, included on the score sheet?
1: Yeah,
3: it's always good when a team comes back from uh, being a couple of goals down. I, I know we've said that their only friend is, and you can't read... Too much into them, but the scorelines are a kind of um, give you a psychological boost. You know, beating Roma four one and drawing two two with Barcelona, regardless of the fact that you know they're. You want to have a good fr- friendly result that you know it does not so much about the performance, but a good friendly result helps. And I think we had that. I mean, the penalty shootout is a bit Mickey Mouse, really, isn't it? it doesn't really matter, but. It's good to see them come back from two two goals down and more players getting minutes. Mm.
0: It's funny you say that, That's about psychological results in pre-season. I, mean, because I seem to remember back when Spurs were beating teams for 4-5 and five under Ramos, five or six of them, and then went into that opening, remember August, we couldn't get, I think it was what, or well, Harry's famous two points from eight games. Two
3: points from eight, yeah. We'll never forget yeah. it. it. On the flip side, though, if we'd have lost to Roma, I don't know, 3-1, and we lost to Barca 2-0. You can imagine, oh, you imagine the, the psyche up? of the good. fan base just changes, doesn't it? So that's why, it's, from a psychological perspective, it's it's nice to get the results.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. let me bring you in, Tim. Did you watch this one? I believe you did, didn't you? This Barcelona game. What did you make of it?
1: Yeah, I watched it. Um, I mean, there wasn't really much excitement. It it wasn't as good of a performance as it was against Roma. Kyle Walker Peters really didn't contribute much at all against Roma he was constantly getting down the wing pushing in the attack he didn't really do anything had a nervy back pass that almost gave up a goal I mean there just wasn't really much and Barcelona for the most part kind of dominated the possession and I mean that's expected because it was mainly their B their B team out there and they play regularly together so you're playing against a team who has that chemistry with each other. They constantly play with each other and we're kind of just a hodgepodge of a bunch of players thrown together because nine of our stars are missing out. You got another six who got sent home with injury. So yeah. it's just who do we have at the moment to throw out there.
0: Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it the moment? We're kind of matching bodies well with whoever we can. So it'll be interesting to see again towards the closing of the window if we're going to be active. I know he just keeps saying that. Fingers crossed he will. Jase, let me bring you in. Oliver Skip apparently had a really mature performance. I mean, 17 years old, played well alongside Amos. I mean, God, that could be a future pair in there, potentially. Spurs boys.
2: It could be, but a lot further down the line mm. than, than than going into this season. I think, as Tim said, Barca were the, the better side in the first half, played much the, the better football, and we we kind of struggled to, to get anything going. And... Um, I think Lorente went off at half time, didn't he? I think that's that's what happened with Lorente and and they rejigged things. But then obviously, whilst we come back in the second half, it's it's that spill in the game where I think Barcelona changed absolutely every player. And yeah, We ended that's up right. with what six substitutions, so the whole rhythm kind of goes out of the game and. Uh, Let's be fair about it. George, Kevin, and Kudu won't be scoring the equaliser for us in the in the Camp nou in a Champions League game, will he? So, you know, that, that's you the never way know, James. I
0: mean, stranger things no. happen in football, Chase, well, haven't I mean,
2: they? That, it's, it's not going to happen that because I tell you what, I tell you what. If we've got Kudu on the pitch, we must be about six 0 down. To team <laughs>
3: desperate to can cool. so
2: can't see him getting the six one in a six six draw, mate. But uh, no, seriously, I think you know that's. It, the result in the newspaper shows Barcelona 2, Tottenham 2, but it wasn't a real Barcelona side and, and it wasn't a real Tottenham side. and that, that, It's as simple as that, mate.
0: I think you can tell that, Jason, hasn't got him cooed on the back of his shirt for the new season. <laughs> I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Who knows?
2: I... Well, I mean, talking about the shirts, didn't that shirt look bloody ridiculous? <laughs> the, with the all-white kit on. I mean, you know, when, when players have their shirts untucked with blue shorts, you can partly get away with that blue bottom, but... It looks absolutely ridiculous with the white shorts, that's
1: for sure. With the white shorts, it looks like you're wearing like a navy garter belt. And then when <laughs> you got the... On yeah. yeah, and then you got the blue shorts on, the navy shorts on, and it looks like you're wearing like some 70s jeans when they're pulled up past your belly button.
0: <laughs> so we got, I'm trying to think of positives. Any positives? The kit? No. Transfers? No. Vas, give me some positives. Give it, Come on, give me something.
3: We've got a shiny new stadium we look forward to. Yeah, we've got a new
0: stadium to look forward to. <laughs> It's funny you say that because obviously there's been the uh, announcement of the name that we're going to discuss a lot more detail on Love Sport Radio on Tuesday night. But I tell you, I'll get your thoughts on it, Vass. What did you make of the announcement of the stadium, the uh, the name of it? Were you surprised or you disappointed they haven't switched it to what it may have been to some fans, White Hart Lane?
3: I think the fans will still call it White Hart Lane, come what may. I think the club obviously wanted to move away from that because it's uh, it's new beginnings. Uh, I mean the Stadium, it's no doubt that there'll be some naming rights at some point along the line. Um, so whoever does come in and, and get the naming rights, it'll be easier to switch from the Tottenham Stadium to whatever stadium, as opposed to trying to uh, override uh, the name of White Hart Lane. That, that'll that be a difficult sell, wouldn't it? Mm, so of course, yeah. It didn't surprise me. It didn't really bother me too much. I, but I think we're all going to still call it hot Lane, it
0: happens. Of course. Again, I reckon Spurs with the sponsorship will probably leave it down to the last minute, like we're doing with the window. So I'll be interested to see again where that goes. Let me just turn our attentions back to that game against Barcelona for a second. Anthony Giorgio, you brought him up, Vass. Um, like you said, from your perspective, you'd like to see this boy do well due to yeah. the, the heritage link. How far yeah. away is he, Vass, do you reckon, from breaking into the Spurs? first team squad because we saw last summer like Jason alluded to he was one of the stars of the pre-season again he had a really bright cameo against Barcelona he seems to have everything this boy technical ability pace is it just experience that he hasn't got yet Vass?
3: Yeah I think so Uh, he needs game time Um, I was speaking to his dad and his dad said he would have liked to have um, seen him go out on loan maybe last season but Poch wanted to would him to stick around and work with the squad. Uh, I can't remember if he had a bit of an injury last year, I'm not sure. But he did make an appearance uh, in the Champions League uh, over in Cyprus against Apoel. He came on for the last few minutes. Um, he's got attributes, no question. But, um, you know, wh- wh- whether he'll actually end up making it, it's always tough for these youngsters. As I said earlier, as long as the team it keeps investing in, in new talent, it just makes it ever harder for, for the youngsters to... To, to to break through and, and and get into the side, so he's got some attributes for sure. Hmm. He doesn't need, need game time though.
0: Of course, no, my say he doesn't need more game time. Uh, let me bring it around to you, Tim, and ask you. I mean, Sonny coming alive in that last twenty minutes against Barcelona in Kudu, who you know, contrary to what Jason thinks, he was getting better and better as that game wore on. In my opinion, you know, smashed down Spurs' equaliser. Anything we could take upon that? Game itself, Timor, as we've said, really preseason is just about getting minutes under the belts for these players.
1: Yeah, I think it's the latter. You know, preseason just about getting those minutes under the belt. Um, I mean, you're playing against talent who, like I said, I mean, it's their B, it's their Barcelona B team, and that's not who you're going to be playing against in the Premier League every weekend. So, I don't know how much you can really take away from these performances.
0: Mm-hmm. Jace in, verdict: What what can we take away from them? Just a
2: question of it was just murs Barcelona in in name, but
0: not really in in
2: the identity. Of the two teams we know. So no, it's just just get minutes on the pitch for as many players. And at the moment, that's what we're struggling to do. So no, no, for me, no real, no real positives to, no real positives to come out of the game. No. No, no real standout performance from any one player that, that grabbed it and dominated a part of the game or anything. It was just a, you know, it was a, a friendly kickabout, and and that's how the game came. And you know, we learnt that Ben Davis can take a penalty, and we learnt that Davinson Sanchez can take a penalty, and that's about it. But you know, I don't suppose we'll see Ben Davis or Davinson Sanchez on penalty duties during the season anyway. So, mm. you know, what what we did learn from it probably probably didn't make much difference to us going forward anyway.
0: Yeah. We'll have to wait and see on those things. Well, you, let's bring it round to talk about <laughs> players then, individual players, closing of the transfer window. Jace's favourite subject. I tell you, Jace, I'm actually gonna stick with you. We've got a question in Yid at Yudo Ninety who says, Will anyone be surprised if we are the team to drop out of the top four next season? Is it what Enoch deserve with the on field ambition they've shown so far this summer?
2: No, I don't, I'd be surprised if we, we finish out the top four. I'm not into to panic mode about, you know, I, I don't think Arsenal have necessarily made the, the signings that that they're going to push on for and, and you know, Chelsea actually haven't done that much business themselves yet, so and with the new managers, but um, it may be that we we stay in the top four because of the weaknesses of others rather than deserving to stay there for some people. Have Phoenix shown that ambition not in terms of transfer activity, that you know, they've shown it in, in terms of the training grounds and the stadiums and things like that but we we want to see the improvement on the pitch but you know let, let's see uh, whether they show that ambition by january uh, by uh august the 9th i mean we don't know what's going on but if they did suddenly go and sign two 50 60 million pound players between now and then we'd, we'd probably have a different view to the transfer window in in ten days' time than we do now. Let's let's wait and see where we are at the end of that transfer window before we before we judge it. But you know, I don't want to get too far down the the Enoch Daniel Levy route because it's a whole other show, isn't it? Really, it's, it's, a
0: diff- it's a whole other it's a, show. It's
2: a whole show, and, mm. and as I've said before, um, you know, I understand the frustrations and the the Levy out thing, but until there's a, a genuine viable alternative to them, it's a pointless discussion to have because Levy out. Okay, let's let's go and get Golden Sullivan. Or let's go and get Hicks and Gillette. Or let's go and get the Venkis. So, you know, it's not just a question of saying, leavey out. You've you've got to have a viable alternative. And hopefully, Sheikh Mansour's brother decides, you know, it, it, that's a totally different owner to, to some of the others. So, you know, it, it's, it's too early to say about things like that, that's for sure.
0: Mm. I mean, Vas, what's your thoughts so far on the lack of activity? You do also seem, and I know you quite well, you seem very, very level-headed, you know, you do normally say it as it is with Spurs, but you also must be surprised by the lack of activity we've had so far this summer. We've, we're recording on a Sunday, by the way, so it's still 11 days for us. Maybe when you listen to us on the Monday, it'll be 10 days, which again, I, from my perspective, I'm absolutely stunned that Spurs haven't done any business whatsoever when you roll it back to Pochettino's post-match comments against Leicester on the last game of the season. Like Tim said, what do you make of it, Bass?
3: Yeah, look, it's it's disappointing, I'm not going to lie. Um, I think Pochettino raised everyone's expectations. Um, the guy was feeling quite bullish after the end of the season. But, you know, we all say things when we're on a bit of a buzz that we sometimes think back and say, maybe I shouldn't have said that, and pers- perhaps Pochettino is that way inclined at the minute or that feeling that way because he, he has just raised everyone's expectations that we're going to do things differently this this season i guess the world cup hasn't helped um i've as disappointed as i am i always try to i don't know rationalize it or or just try and present something that might help me understand why we are where we are um and I guess there's, in any situation where you're, you're buying and selling players, there, there are always two parties or three parties to the transaction, so uh, as much as uh, we can point the finger at Levy, and maybe he is partly to blame for hanging on uh, this late, we also know that a lot of things hinge on other factors. Uh, players, agents, you know, the Toby situation is one that could be holding things up and could trigger a chain of events that follow. We, we just don't know. We just don't have enough information. All we have is what's being rumoured in the press to to keep fueling our angst and our anguish. But we don't really know what is going on. I think the close links we've had with um, Grealish, for example, now that is one deal I'm really surprised hasn't been tied up uh, already if it was genuine interest. The only thing that I can think of as to maybe why we haven't done that deal yet is perhaps that Grealish isn't our first choice. Maybe there's another player that the club have got his eye on and and waiting for a situation to develop um, rather than Levy trying to penny-pinch, which is how the press are painting it. So, Mm. But these things will will pan out eventually. And I think the next uh, 10 days, it's not the ideal situation we're in. Don't get me wrong, we, we should have at least... I would have hoped to have one or at least two players in by now. But I know that there are other factors at play, so I'll judge the window when it finishes, to be honest.
0: okay, that's fair enough. I mean, just on the Grealish point there, I mean, listen, from my perspective, I made it clear beginning of summer that I have always said we should be aiming for much higher quality players. But for me, it's the principle that could be the most frustrating thing here. Because if Pochettino does want the player and wanted to get him in early, it just seems that like our differing in this market seems to have cost us to the point now where Villa, again, it's hard, isn't it, believe what you want to read. But if Villa now turned around and said, you're not going to get him, you're messing with the player's head he's not for sale they've obviously had a takeover recently which has now significantly strengthened the finances of the club they're in no desperate need to sell but maybe it'll just come down to how much the player wants to push for the move um, he seems to again believe what you read told his teammates that he wants to join Spurs he wants to play Champions League football wants to work with Pochettino I mean Tim let's bring you into this Um, what have you made of Spurs' lack of activity so far?
1: I'm just in shock I mean you know, going into this U.S. tour, you want to get that player in so he can at least be with the team. Or players, team. or players, or players. <laughs> or players, hopefully players. But I mean, you hear before Pochettino's preseason is grueling. The type of fitness he requires. Are we going to be able to bring that player in when the season starts? How long is it going to take for him to get ready to actually play? You know, we bring someone in this late; they might not feature until the end of September, early October. So it's definitely a hindrance moving forward into the season, especially with so many players coming back from the World Cup. They're going to need time to recover as well. So it, it's it's really disappointing that we haven't made any moves at this point point are leaving it so late. But at the same time, I mean, we, we leave it late every year, so I'm not surprised by this.
0: Mm. Grant Osborne asked the question, Tim, how many new players do we actually need?
1: I mean, that's the thing. We don't really need that many players. Our starting eleven is very solid. We could definitely use some improvement in depth. You know, I'd rather have Grealish as an option instead of Nkudu coming off the bench. You know, I'd rather like to have that option improve depth, but I mean look, here's the thing if you sign one big player, they can change the complete culture of the squad. Mm.
0: But is that not what we need, Tim, to get over the line? You'd argue that, wouldn't you, surely? that At this point now, because the way I looked at it last season, towards the end of it, is that we limped over the line for you know, Champions League football. Chelsea, towards the end, they kind of fell away because of the issues with Conte and managing that squad. I do feel now, if Paterson is going to really take this squad forward, it's going to need, as I've said before, not to sound like a broken record, one, two or three at the most, real top-quality signings. If Pochettino is going to really push this squad on and mount a title challenge against Man City, oh, I, I, agree. I just don't see how else we we you know we improve on last season's positioning and we go further forward.
1: I, I agree a hundred percent. And look, here's my biggest wish: is that you bring in a player who can be culture changing. Because look, you bring in Grealish, he's not going to cause Deli or Eriksen or even Son, Lamella or Lucas to raise their game. He's going to be competing with Nkudu, Onoma, possibly Suzuko. He'll push them. You bring in Martial or Kovacic, yes, they're definitely going to make an impact, an improvement on the squad, but you know, Kovacic isn't going to have an impact on Vertonghen or Kane, same as Martial. He's not going to have an impact on deeper-lying players because they're not going to be in competition with them. You bring in a player like, and I, it's really off the wall out there, but like Gonzalo Higuain, you bring in someone like that, And the whole entire squad is going to want to show him that he made the right decision by coming to Tottenham. It's going to raise every single single player's game if you bring in a star like that. It has an impact on the entire squad. And that's really what my biggest wish would be. Now, the likelihood of that happening is slim to none. I don't see Levy making an investment in a player who's that old and established because there's no return on them. They're a depreciating asset the older they get. A player like that's not going to probably want to come in and just play second fiddle to Harry. But at the same time, I mean, over at Juventus, he's got Dybala, he's got Cristiano Ronaldo in, so he may play more if he comes here to Tottenham. But why is it that you know Chelsea, who's not even in Champions League, is being linked with him and we can't be? That's the type of player that I think we need to bring in and could have a complete change and shakeup on this entire squad to get every single player in that dressing room to raise their game. So that's my biggest wish, but I don't ever see it happening. It's just a pipe dream.
0: Mm. I mean, Jay, bringing it around to you, Podestino does seem to have backtracked from his comments that he made in the middle of the season, where I say last season, that was when he kind of made the point that for him, it was all about bringing players in early. So he has the chance to work with these guys in the preseason. So they're ready for the start of the new season. I, I just can't understand Jay, how that, kind of method in his mind would have changed. Do you think he's entirely happy with the way this summer's panned out so far?
2: Well, well I think part of it, you know, when um, the journalists that spoke to him around that time and just after that Leicester game, you know, it wasn't just a case of of who we were bringing in, it was being brave with who we let go and you know, part of the, part of the frustration for me of this transfer window is that we haven't let a single player go and if we we don't know the conversations they're having, but if it's a case that we have got to release some bodies before we bring some in, then it's even more of a frustration that we haven't been able to get rid of any of the players, either the popular players that, that people wouldn't don't want to see leave, like Rose and Toby, or it's the unpopular players like Lorente, Sissoko, and Kudu, yeah. Vincent Jensen. I mean, you know, it looks like he might go out on loan, but you know, it, if if we've got a if, if that's the scenario, we've got to sell before we buy. Get rid of some of these people quickly because we're running out of time to get rid of them. And that's that's far more my concern than, than so much in, in who's coming in at the moment. We, we need some of that deadwood out the way, and we're, we're not so you don't seem to be making any progress. And um, perhaps that's the side of Daniel Levy's penny pinching that, that hurts us even more. Is that we'll stick out for you know, we still want fifteen million or something for, say, a, I don't know what the price is, but we demand a fifteen million for Jensen. Whereas you'd think we paid seventeen. Just, I mean, if, if we got five million for him, surely it's just worth now getting rid of him off the books so that we can we can move on. And, and that's the frustration side
0: for me. Mm. What's your gut you Jase, about this Martial old potential transfers? Because uh, we, um, as you we've know,
2: we've got all. We've gone all through it, mate. You you know my view on, on the whole thing. Mm. If, if you know, I mean, we had the big debate on the radio. Far more people agreed with you than they did with me. That, that, that doesn't change my view. If Tottenham Hotspur, I mean, as um, as Tim just said, let's take a Higuain. If Tottenham have to sell Alderweireld to buy a Higuain, and I don't think we would go there, but in Tim's scenario, if we were to go for Higuain, do we sell Alderweire to Man United to go and buy Higuain? Because some people say we can't sell Toby unless Martial comes the other way. Mm. And I think why are we bothered about making Man United stronger if that meant we could go and buy Higuain and make ourselves stronger? Why does it have to be one player from Man United? Why does it have to be one? If, if we were to go and spend that 60, 70 million quid on a player that we really wanted, be it Kovacic, be it Higuain, be it I don't, I don't, I don't care who. Or Ryan Cecilion and go to Fulham and say, "There's the seventy million for Ryan Cecilion. Why does it have to be Martial or no one? Because Tottenham would be stronger with a Sessegnon, with an Iguain, with a Rafa Varane, with a you know Kovacic. It doesn't matter which the player is. Rather than just being stuck with a player we don't want purely because they wouldn't sell us Martial. That's that's what I'm saying. Mm.
3: Yeah, I was having this same conversation uh, on social media last night. And I said exactly the same thing, Jace, Like, why do we have to have Marshall back? And then it all became this, oh, we, we sell to Man United. We've got to stop doing it and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm sorry, but if Man United are the only buyer, the only interested buyer. Uh, and I've heard from someone that we have tried to offload Toby overseas, but he's not going. He doesn't want to go overseas to Paris or wherever else they were shopping him around. So if Man United's the only option, of course we'd love to get Martial back. Of course we would. But if you've got £60 million in your pocket and you went and spent that on Zaha or De Ligt or Pulisic or, you know, any one of the names, Kovacic, you know, you're still strengthening, aren't you? Exactly. It, yeah, exactly. so I don't see. I that, hear you, lads. That... Yeah,
0: I do hear you. Yeah, saying. yeah. I mean, listen, well, I, I acknowledge the points. I, I, yeah. still,
2: I would still say on the, the, the situation where, where we don't want to be the selling club and, you know, our dick's bigger than their dick type thing. <laughs> you know, It doesn't matter about the size of your dick, it's how you use it, isn't it? That's the old age. <laughs> <name. Exactly. laughs> Good no, I mean, You know, what are we turned is, into on this show? You, no, but the, the situation is that as a fan, we love Toby. All of us would probably have Toby in our side tomorrow. Of course. The difference is Pochettino doesn't appear to want Toby. Now, when we sold them Carrick and we sold them Berbatov, they were players we wanted and didn't want to sell. In Toby's case, we're getting rid of a player that that seemingly is now a substitute or he'll be used against Rotherham. We're not selling the centre half that we had two years ago. in in, in how he was in his prestige at Tottenham. And, you know, we don't want to sell our key players... And he's a key player to us as a fan, but to Pochettino, he's a totally expendable player. Do you think no, so, Jace? Why are we
0: worried? I have to ask you that, but do you think that he is that way? Are you, are you actually saying now the, what, the level of his quality? No, no,
2: no, don't misunderstand me. He would be in my first team. Yeah, but you're saying he's not tomorrow. in Pochettino. You
0: don't think Pochettino but, rates but, him any higher? You but think... when he came it's back. not that he doesn't game, rate him, Rick. When he he came just back
2: doesn't fancy he, he wasn't picked, was he? Mm. He was trusted for West Brom, for Brighton for Rochdale and for Newport. That's it. When we played any of the other sides, Mm. he wasn't picked. And you've heard him say afterwards, during his World Cup, that this is a player that he said, the reasons I weren't playing were unjustified. So, you know, whatever the reasons were, Pochettino preferred not to play him. And you can't see that changing.
0: changing. And we don't think at all he's been dictated by the case that we haven't been able to... Agree a new contract with him whatsoever, and that's the reason why he's been phased out. We don't believe it's that. Yes,
2: I, I, I do, Rick. I mm. do believe that's why it's not on form, but that's the situation. So yep. if that's the situation last year, it's still going to be the situation this year, isn't it? I hear your point. And, you know, let's be fair mm. about it. If he can go in 12 months and we get to Christmas and he's got six months to go, do you really see Toby making that last ditch tackle and getting another injury that, that ruins his a summer transfer for him next year? Mm. It's not going to happen. So, whether as fans, we've got to forget our view of Toby and accept, rightly or wrongly, the manager's view of the Toby situation. You know, we, we'd all give Toby a new contract tomorrow. All of us would do.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, we'd
2: absolutely want Toby to play and and such. But the fact of the matter is that the manager doesn't appear to want him. And so, you know, we have had all summer this business about back the manager. So it's back the manager. Get rid of him and get somebody in that the manager does want and think. Just on that, When we play Real Madrid, I can use Kovacic. I can use Iguain. I can use De Ligt. When we get Rotherham, I'll use Toby. It's that's the <laughs> scenario that you're in.
0: Go on, Vas, come in. Y- yeah, great d- points just... by Jason. Can I just say it was great points by Jason. I understand exactly what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I mean, listen,
3: Toby, as far as I'm aware, has been offered a contract and he hasn't signed it. Mm, that's
0: all so, right, isn't it? That's know, where we're at right at the he, moment. He, yeah.
3: Yeah, so he he's not really made any clear indications that he wants to stay. Um, and th- this business about backing the manager that, that Jay's just just mentioned, we've backed the manager with a new five year contract. We've backed the manager by giving Harry Kane or making Harry Kane the highest paid player in Tottenham's history. He's reportedly on about two hundred grand a week now. We've backed the manager by signing most of his key players to long term contracts. And the one thing we should understand about Pochettino, if we don't understand it already, is that team is key. Mm. The unity of the team and the harmony of the team is the key to everything. You saw what it did for England in the World Cup. You go and read any sporting book or watch any sporting film, and it's always the sum of the parts are greater than the whole. And this is what he 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 believes in so as soon as and we saw it with Walker last year when Walker bailed on the club and started making noises about moving and whatever he got frozen out and that's what's happened with Toby so you know it's a shame because, because you know I've, I've loved Toby since the minute he came to the club uh, you know I don't often put Spurs players as my screen cover on my telephone believe me but I had Toby on there for a couple of years that's how much I love the guy But, you know, it's all just falling apart now. We need to do something to improve the squad.
0: agree. I mean, Tim, let me bring you in. Let's have your top and take on this, Tim. Come on.
1: I mean, the the centre-back position is something that's really causing me concern because you have two players now in Toby and Jan who can both walk in 2019. Jan is now in the last 12 months of his contract. We haven't re-signed him yet. Hopefully we do, but... It's caused me a lot of concern that this isn't settled. You have both of them who haven't re-signed contracts, who both can leave in 2019. And if that's going to happen, then we need to get them out and get someone in to replace them now. It's not something we need to worry about at the very last minute next summer when we're wondering who the hell is going to come in and play center back for us now. We can't go with you know, Davison Sanchez and Cameron Carter-Vickers. Sanchez, yes, he's established there, but who else is going to be in there? So if Toby's not going to stay, then I'd like to get him out now and bring in his replacement. But with with Man United, I mean, I have a hard time imagining that he really wants to go there and there's no other clubs that are in for him. I mean, look at what Mourinho's been doing lately, just publicly criticizing his players does Toby really want to go play for Mourinho? Is that the only place he wants to go? I, there has to be some other option, I would think. I don't want to sell the United, but at the end of the day, I mean, if that's the only option and it's sell him now for 65 70 or let him walk next year for 25 then, you know, cash in now and use that money to improve the squad. Because like Jace is saying, if you're not going to play him during the season, if he's going to be – relegated to a bench spot throughout the Premier League matches. What are you doing having 60, 65 million sitting on the bench when you could have brought in someone who's out there on the pitch helping improve the squad? So if he's not going to play and he's going to be gone in a year, then yeah, I mean, resolve it now and bring in someone who can help us now.
0: Yeah. My my only argument Percy, about Tubby was the only reason I didn't want Spurs to sell to a man United you know, or to a direct Premier League rival was that Listen, for the last couple of seasons, we've been finishing, what, second, third in the league. Now, for a team that finishes second, third in the league, you want to act as a big club, and big clubs, you know, they don't want to be selling direct to a Premier League rival. Having said that, having said that, what I'm just trying to get to the point here is if that we are going to sell to Manchester United, and we are going to get that money there, the £65 million, providing that is invested into a top, top player, then I can understand that, Jace. I understand the point you're making. Just to make you clear, I understand what you're making on that point.
2: Yeah, that's that's the caveat. I don't mm. want to sell Tony to Man United, and we then go and sign Brentford centre half who was on oh, loan at yeah. Ipswich last season. No, no, quite right. But it, it, what I'd like to do is, is, and hope would be the case, is that if 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 it was Man United, and if it was sixty million. That, that that 60 million is immediately given to Pochettino to buy the player that he wants for 60 million. Not a, a mishmash of three or four bits and piece players. No, absolutely. That's, but we've got to come out of that scenario, whether we get a player from them or not, feeling that our squad is stronger. And, and that's all that concerns me. And it doesn't have to be Anthony Martial that makes our squad stronger.
0: No.
3: Yeah. You said about being a big club, Rick. i get where you're coming from. Um, and it's an argument that's used a lot by our fans but we need to take a step back, of course Tottenham has a great history, we consider ourselves to be a big club Uh, we're getting a new stadium to back it up we've made some good strides, but I mean think about it, we've done, or we've had three consecutive Champions League finishes and that's really our best achievement in the last 27 years, bar a couple of League Cups, All right. We're not yet in the same bracket as Man United or Barcelona or or these one clubs with the with the new money, um sadly. But we're getting there. We're getting there. And we do have to look at the picture a bit more long term. I know finishing in the top four of the last three seasons and being so close to the premiership title of the year Leicester the one it. It's kind of raised our expectations and there's no harm in that to have expectations and to to go for the big things but we are still on the early part of our journey in this turnaround under Pochettino and we shouldn't forget that.
0: No, I think that's a perfect way to leave it there because I think we've we've exhausted the transfer debate, haven't we? And we've not even made one this summer or even let anyone go at the moment so interesting last 10 or so days to come in the transfer window let's hope please god there's some spurs business coming our way can i just say a massive thank you to tim and Vass of hotspur america for coming on for this collaboration tim thank you so much i hope you've enjoyed it
1: i have much appreciated thank you for having me on
0: no problem at all it's been an absolute pleasure tim and vas we speak to you all the time anyway but thank you so much as <laughs> always vas for taking your time to yeah. speak to us
3: Pleasure, Rick. Cheers, mate. No problem at all.
0: You'll be back on, I'm sure, Vass, also part of Hotspur America. Vass, just give the listeners out there, where can they catch Hotspur America and when?
3: Uh, well, the pod usually drops on a Monday morning, uh, so we're, the, we're usually the first uh, podcast out, if you're uh, recapping football. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter, at, at Hotspur America. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, usual sort of places, but... Um, yeah, if you just subscribe to our pod and it will drop first thing Monday uh, through your Apple devices or, or Android.
0: Yeah, always, guys, for me, it's always the first listen for me on Tottenham Podcast. These guys cover it from the US fantastically, and obviously, you've got that as well from the UK also covering all things Spurs. Jace, thank you as always, and I'm ready for another sparring session with you on Tuesday. <laughs> it was good
2: that we had a, you know, you have me have been accused of being agreeing too often, so it was good to have a, it was good to have a a heated debate on the radio the other night that's for sure and hopefully we'll have a few more
0: mate. Of course, I mean that's what it's about isn't it? You always want also difference of opinion so just the guys out there, just in case you don't know which surely hopefully you know by now Last One on Spurs are now going to be featuring on Love Sport Radio on a weekly basis. It will be a Tuesday evening, dependent if Spurs are going to be playing. If we're playing on a Tuesday evening it may be switched to a Wednesday. You can also get in touch with us live on the show. You can call 0208 702 0-5-5-8, That's O two eight seven O two O five five eight. You can listen to the show on five five eight AM and on digital radio. Guys, don't be afraid to pick up the phone. We'd love to, have to chat with you guys individually in here. What you think about Spurs? We'll be covering Tottenham throughout the season on there. Enjoy the show, and we'll be back very soon. And as always, come on you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network.